you're listening to Reba Radio, the podcast. From 18th to the 26th of November 2021, our annual inclusion festival took the form of a dedicated radio station broadcast live from the bookshop at the Reba's HQ in London, with me, Marsha Ramroop, the Director of Inclusion at the RIBA, hosting the discussions. Reba Radio, the podcast, is the speech-only content from that radio station, themed and edited for your easy consumption. We suggest you make your way systematically through all episodes from the intro to the end to help you effectively on your inclusion journey. We hope you enjoy it and find it useful and applicable. A reminder that CQ is made up of four key components, CQ drive, CQ knowledge, CQ strategy and CQ action. And when you have all four, you will be successful at inclusion efforts. It's proven. Uh, CQ drive is made up of three parts. Intrinsic interest, which is the enjoyment that you inherently derive from working and relating with those different from you. Extrinsic interest is about the rewards, awards or fear of punishment that may drive you to work and relate with those different from you. And self-efficacy is about confidence and pushing through when it gets tough. Uh, We all make mistakes. I mean, we're human, right? We all make mistakes, especially, you know, when we're thinking about working, relating with those with different backgrounds. There's no doubt that doing this, the fear of, of getting it wrong, can really stop us in our tracks, you know, even before we get started. So to talk about this, I'm joined by Hamza Sheikh, who's an architectural assistant and podcaster, and um, uh, Jason Boyle, a fellow of the RIBA and creator of the Global Architect Alliance. And if I can start by asking you, Hamza, uh, to introduce yourself in the way that you like to be introduced. Um, I always think this, this is worth doing. And tell us, if you can, your experience of the biggest diversity and inclusion mistake that you can think of. Uh, something either that happened to you or something that you've done yourself, if you're willing to admit to it. So. Well, yeah, no, thanks for having me. Um, introduction, I guess it's a difficult one. I've always struggled with actually defining what I do one, because I'm still quite junior in the field, and two, because I do so many other things outside of it. So I guess you, I'm happy with architectural designer and podcaster, to be honest. Um, I think, I guess trying to think of where I might have got it wrong or where, where I've experienced that is, is a difficult one. I, I personally am someone who, who in some ways, even though you know I have my own groups that I fit into with minority backgrounds, I feel kind of privileged in in some ways because I don't feel like I have uh, kind of been mistreated or been uh, you know oppressed or exploited based on my identity. Um, however, I think that that kind of raises a bigger question about uh, you know intersectionality. But I'm sure we can get into that later. But to be honest, I, I think it's usually happening on a much more subliminal level, and it's difficult to really analyze what is being done and to what with what intent something's being done. So the honest truth is I don't know and I've, and I've kind of struggled with it myself. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty there, Hamza. Um, Jason, tell me about, describe yourself and uh, what what's your biggest diversity and inclusion mistake? 
Yes, absolutely. Um, and this is fantastic. And uh, good morning to everyone. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Jason Boyle. So I'm an architect who works in the nuclear industry. And so I, essentially I designed, for, well, for the past 13 years, I've designed nuclear buildings. But I also am um, quite passionate about um, social media and the, uh, the power of social media that can, you know, that can be harnessed with, you know, with architects. So I set up the Global Architects Alliance, and this relates, I think, to the topic I want to kind of talk about, my worst mistake. So it was in the early days when I set up the Global Architects Alliance on um, a platform called Clubhouse. And um, I was quite enthusiastic at the start, and I was doing rooms almost daily. And I thought it was a great idea to talk, get a room and talk about my favorite um, architect. What is everyone's favorite architect? And so me not thinking, doing things, I think, a little bit too quickly, I went and searched for um, a picture, an image of architects on Google. I picked the first picture, happened to be all white male um, elderly architects. Um, most of them, I think, were deceased by now and put that up on social media. And um, yeah, I, I got um, a lot of um, backlash on Twitter. And, and for that, and I apologized, I took it down. And um, I kind of, ever since then, I've really thought hard about, you know, um, who speaks, the panels that we have, the topics we discuss and try and um, get a really uh, diverse panel. So that, that, that was probably my worst mistake and that happened this year. And we're also joined by Paul Zara, the architect, um, uh, who, uh, if I can get you, Paul, to introduce yourself, and uh, is what? How would you describe uh, the biggest uh, diversity inclusion mistake that you might have been involved with? Um, yeah, well, I'm I, yeah, I'm Paul Zara. I chair um, RIBA Sussex, uh, and I have worked at Conran and Partners for about twenty five years. Um, I, I'm trying to think of the biggest biggest mistake I make. I think the biggest mistake I've made over the years, which I very much try and correct now, is um. Is kind of bias when you're kind of looking at CVs, um, where you just make assumptions about people from from a name, from a, you know from the from a background. I'm, I'm very careful to kind of um, yeah, very careful to kind of now. Well, what I'd really like to do is do what universities do and actually take off all that data. They are judging people alone on their work, um, but it's something that I kind of I think I was I think it was you know subconscious bias. I think it's something that is still very much around. Thank you. Thanks for, for all of you for your, for your honesty there. Um, if I can go to you, Jason, and ask you, what did it feel like initially when, when you know, your mistake was pointed out to you? Yeah, I, th I think if anyone's uh, attacked on social media, I've got a I think I've got a pretty hard skin having been, you know, um, having been on social media a long time. But I did feel at first, my first reaction was, oh, Oh, I, I I made a genuine mistake, and I you know I I felt quite hurt in a way. But then I reflected very quickly and said, no. When I, I re looked at the post, I can see um, definitely there's problems with this, and so I I apologized. I took it down and I swapped the picture out for a you know um, a much more kind of di diverse um, you know group of architects, male, female, etc. Um, so yeah, initial initially I was kind of hurt, but very quickly I realised that that was it was my mistake. Yeah. 
And and Paul, you know, when when you has has anyone sort of pointed out your mistakes to you, and how has that felt for you? Have we lost Paul? Oh, no, no, I'm no, still, he's still there. Still there. Still there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't really been pointed out particularly, but um, I just think that you know, I, I'm, I think I'm probably older than everybody else, and I've been around a, a long time, and I've actually spent too much time, yeah just surrounded by white male architects and it's sort of a although I haven't said that you know we, we, when the when the um building design 50 50 campaign came out a few years back we were the second firm to join it trying to get 50 percent uh female you know uh, female representation in the studio so that, you know I yeah so I, I've done what I kind of I've done what I can over the years that that's um uh, element of like having it having did you need to have it pointed out to you though that you maybe needed to have 50% women what, what would have stopped you before that from doing that um well I think it's I think it's just the natural number of candidates that are around I mean it was sort of uh, it's that thing that we all know about which is you know that at the moment at the start of a part one course it's probably 50 50 um, male female um sometimes even better than that in terms of the percentage of women and then as you get to part two and part three and into practice that that drops off very rapidly now hamza um you uh, i think one of the things that we we've talked about and you're, you're very much on social media as well is that sense that sometimes when you get it wrong you get cancelled <laughs> my daughter always talking to tell me back cancel 2021 hashtag and um you know it's it's a thing right now you get it wrong you say right that person's out of my life they don't deserve to be in my bubble i mean how do you feel about it? you think that's the right thing to do i think it can be a natural reaction i think social media algorithms can play into that and exacerbate it and feed into it um it's it's hard to kind of define where it goes where it where it where it goes where it goes wrong sometimes but i think cancel culture can go wrong when it becomes mob mentality and i think especially when people don't get a right to defend themselves don't get a right to really explain the, the deeper aspects of the situation that's when i think people should really take a second guess as to you know whether they're retweeting something or whether they're uh, going to make a, a you know a, a post about someone a personal attack it's just like you know do you know all the evidences do you know the entire situation and I think deeper than that do you know their perspective because you know I think one thing people don't really talk about enough is inclusivity include includes every single person it's not just marginalized groups but it's also you know every group the majority groups that are in the right country, now the we're talking cq drive getting it wrong feeling the fear doing it anyway and we're with hamza sheikh jason boyle and paul zara and just before um we had that wonderful interlude uh from uh taylor swift uh, shaking it off uh from the hate hate haters uh we were talking about cancel culture and the fact that actually um, what you were saying, Hamza, there was that in inclusivity really is about everybody having their say, even if it might feel like a bit hatey. <laughs> Would um, you say that? I mean, do you think there's ever a place for, for cancelling someone? No, definitely. I mean, I didn't say people should be talking about, you know, talking in derogatory ways and, and, and speaking hatefully. No way. What I mean by making sure everyone's views are heard and that everyone's included is that just the dialogue is open up to everyone. 
um, without dialogue, without you know getting to the root of these issues, these these things are going to keep going on. And I think we've been talking about inclusivity for for, for ages, for decades, and we, we, we we'll, we'll keep talking about it unless the dialogue gets better. So. Yeah, I think everybody's opinions should be heard, even if you're really uncomfortable hearing someone's opinions. You need to have that conversation. Um, Paul, uh, do you, do you, what do you think the consequences are, though, of, of getting it wrong publicly? Um, well, I think I think architecture just is just still accused of being a kind of white male profession. It's just sort of and that's changing. That is a so fact, so though, isn't it, Paul? That it is a white male. The facts, it's so slow. You know, I collect architecture books and I've got books like this one from 19, I don't even see it, from 1960s. Well, what's it called? Go on, I can't see uh, it. Called your architect. And it's kind of, it's it's all written in the mail. It's all like him and he and, yeah. And it's, and it, so that's from 1960s. And I don't think it's very different now. And I just, uh, and especially if, if, you know, especially you go onto construction sites. You know, I think construction's even further behind. I know they're trying to do things about it. But if you go onto a building site, it's generally white male, um, 90%, I'd say. And we've got a long, long way to go. And I just don't think there's enough being done at all by, by the schools. And it's got to start with the schools. But in terms of like making that mistake, you know, publicly and, and, and trying to correct these things, I mean, that, that book from the 1960s, do you think there's any excuse for a book like that coming out today? I think it could be completely rewritten, yeah, completely rewritten, because this is, yeah, those books have... Uh, is know, that a fundamental text that's still being used in... No, it's not. No, 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 it's a very random text. But it's sort of... But I've got a few of them from the sort of 50s, 60s, and it's always pictures of, of white men in suits standing around a table pointing at a model of an art, you know, and it's sort of, I mean, it, it is changing. I mean, I'm, I'm, we're doing a talk down here in um, Brighton next week by Elizabeth Darling, who's doing a talk on kind of um, those kind of hidden architects, um, female architects, gay architects from the, from the 1930s and 40s who were out there doing that work, but nobody knew who they were. And I know, I know some of that stuff's coming out with the people that like Charlotte Perrion, people who work, work with Corbusier, but it's sort of, you have to drag it out of architectural history. It's not there. It's, you, know, you have to go hunting. Yeah, it's really, really important. We're going to be talking about architectural history um, next week with Neil uh, Chassel, um as well. So, uh, you know, that kind of speaks to the point, Jason, about, you know, making sure those pictures are right uh, in terms of representation and, and so on. So, you know, in, in, term, in, in your experience, you know, what is, apart from, you know, the, the, the issue with your, um, your clubhouse, what do you think the, the consequences are of, of getting it wrong publicly? Uh, it, it can, it could be terrible. I mean, it really, if, if um, you know, I guess if I'd have took the other option of, um, you know, just just saying no, I I agree with that, and um, you know, it, it 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 could it could affect your career, it could affect your progression, it could um, you know, alienate you, and um, you know that 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 that's that is um a high possibility. I think in in this day and age with them. Um, social media and especially if you you know if you've got quite a large presence on social media you know that could that could definitely be an impact i would think so it'd be key... interesting to see what hamza would say you know, yeah because i mean yeah. certainly hamza i think the, the key thing is is how jason handled that mistake 
that was the difference between, I suppose, him being cancelled and not being cancelled. Yeah, and I think uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a stranger to, to kind of slightly controversial views, if you like, and maybe I've got a licence to do that in some ways, given that I come from marginalised backgrounds. But I don't know, I think I really emphasise dialogue and getting to the root of the issues. And, you know, <clears throat> Jason... <clears throat> sorry. Jason rightfully, you know, felt that he was probably going to come under attack and, and then decided to act out of, um, you know, act out of fear and, and, and kind of fix the situation. But, you know, personally, I would have liked to hear the reasons, maybe the, the reasons that maybe aren't at the forefront of his mind or the forefront of people's mind as to why they make those decisions or make any decisions they make. And maybe there could have been a um, maybe a clubhouse session to say, well, actually, let's talk about it. And I know Jason has done these things, so you know, kudos to him for for opening up all sorts of conversations. Um, but but I would have said, you know, don't don't kind of run away and put a rock over your head and hide and say, don't attack me, don't kill me. And to the people who are throwing stones, to to, to tell them to chill and say, look, why don't we all talk about and figure out what why this is actually happening. And then maybe the reasons could actually surface instead of people getting scared, running away, and then the mob continues. Really, really good point. Because actually, um, if, we, if, we, if we may use this example, Jason, just because it's such a good one, about how, okay, you, you, you really quickly went on Google, looked up some images, just asked for images of architects, uh, the images that came up were images mm. of white yes. men and actually uh, up until 2017 if you googled the word beauty the images on google that came up were all of white women and um, it's something that they've worked on their algorithm now to change that so you get lots of different ideas of what beauty is when you google uh, Google and 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 I presumably there are men in there as well uh, uh, because you know that's uh, what changed. So there's something about those algorithms uh, in terms of you know we were talking yesterday about uh, with Pragya Agwal about uh, bias in AI and the fact that this can actually um, uh, create and reinforce the bias uh, that exists for patriarchy in our society. Uh, so. You know, that that point that Pam Hamza makes there, excuse me, <coughs> we've all got frogs in our throats <laughs> today. Um, yeah, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that uh, being able to examine, OK, how did we get to this point where that's what happened in the first place? And it's a really, really useful question to really examine, OK, why do we get it wrong? How did we get to this place and, and dig deep into that? Um, and and so, you know, uh, Paul, would you, would you say that, that that fear of getting it wrong, it, it can stop people from even trying. How do you even get over something like that? I think I think it's just like I said, I think it starts with the um <clears throat> starts with the schools, the architecture schools. And if you look at the way the universities work, and um, they use the kind of indices of um, multiple deprivation, they use that thing called polar four, they look at you know postcodes of where people, the applicants come from, they look at um, the schools and the kind of uh, performance of the schools and, and they need to start doing some radical things they need to start lowering the grades for certain areas they need to start some you know actually paying some sort of funding funding some students get, getting them into the profession so that so that the kind of default position isn't white male or white female it's sort of much more diverse so the so the pot that you're choosing from when you're looking at cvs is uh, is much much more diverse but it needs to be 
there's so much more to be done. There is a there is a, a suggestion there, though, um, Paul, that when you say the grades need to be lowered, that somehow underrepresented groups aren't good enough that they need to to have their grades lowered. That isn't quite true, though, is it? No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not true at all. And there was a kind of um, oh, I haven't got it here, but there was a kind of a similar talk about diversity at Central St Martins last week. And um, there were people making that point that, yeah, just don't assume that because people are from those socio-economic groups that they're, that they're not good enough or they're not intelligent enough. It's just that they haven't had the opportunities that I think that, that well, like I say, when I got to the Bartlett in the 1980s, <laughs> I was shocked because I was, I was two out, I was one of two out of 50, maybe three out of 50 that went, hadn't been in private education. And... They were, and then, yeah, and out of that 50 people, there were two people that weren't white, male or female. And it's it's so undiverse. And it's it's getting better now, but it just sort of, you just need to make that, you know, just make, you need to normalise, you know, a much more diverse, um, yeah, first year at university. I, th- I think there's also, to, to pause the fence there as well, that, you know, uh, the reason people sometimes end up with these <clears throat> really surface level solutions like you know just lower the grade is because they're not going deeper they're not going to that level of saying okay it's 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 more than just an a conversation about race it's more than just a conversation about how much money they have and this is why i really like the discourse on intersectionality which is saying you've got to look at so many other factors class plays a role language plays a role so you know this is again why i emphasize that we, we can't be kind of judging each other we've got to let the conversation be relaxed let this space be safe and let everyone talk and get to the bottom of it really in- interesting point again uh, Hamza about about safety and and Jason do you feel safe to make mistakes um I, I think um I, I try and minimize some mistakes but it is a very good question um you know because I think if you if you do have a presence on social media the, You've got a high percentage chance of actually making mistakes. Um, I, I I don't feel. Um, I will be honest. I don't feel um, scared of that anymore. I think that if um, if someone was to um, highlight a mistake, I would look at it. I would ask opinions of other people and 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 correct that mistake. You know, absolutely. I think we're, we're none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes, and I think that's one reason why I've. Um, really pushed this um, clubhouse and the Global Architect Alliance. I mean, we've had 36 debates and people can come and talk about any subject that they want, um, you know, and, and that's a great thing because I think a lot of people online hide behind the tech side of things. I think that's a thing I would like to talk about. And then when you actually get them in the room and you're talking to them, not face to face, but you, you actually can hear their voice, that is really powerful. And that is where change can be made. You know, um, I think it's very easy to fire things out on social media and hide behind that sort of text, that language. Right now, we're talking CQ Drive, getting it wrong with Hamza Sheikh, Jason Boyle and Paul Zara. And Hamza, I asked that question, um, do you, you know, does Jason feel psychologically safe to, to make mistakes? And, and and I saw you have a little shake of the head there. You, d- you didn't think it is... A, is safe for people to make mistakes 
No, I think, I mean, my personal view is I've, I've seen, and again, this is just, I think, the privilege I've got of being part of these marginalised identities. I've seen people in my own communities, in my own ethnic groups, if you like, being, being discriminatory. And I think that there's, you know, that's why I come with this opinion that, you know, this is a conversation for everyone. There's room for everyone to improve in. Um, you know, we talk about privilege and uh, again, I bring up intersectionality because as a, as a, as a male from South Asian background, a British male, I, I feel like I've got certain privileges. Um, so I think, yeah, I think at the moment the climate is, is, is not as forgiving as I think it should be. And, um, I think it's things like this. I think the reason I do a long form podcast as well is so, is so that I can give people a place to really explain stuff really speak their opinions and there's not going to be any judgment is, is there a sense though that if you have power that you should take more responsibility and that maybe underrepresented groups don't have that power in quite the same way i have a very strange relationship with power because Talk to me. uh growing up i was always always kind of instilled with the power i have and I was raised with incredible motivation and, and empowerment from my parents. And so I never relied on asking for power or telling people to give me power. And I made sure that I took every opportunity I could. I made sure to make as many opportunities as I could for myself. So I, I, I don't know if I can speak for, you know, for these higher institutional systematic changes because... It, it, it's a bit out of my kind of, uh, you know, mental game. But what I can say about power and empowerment is I, f I feel like if everybody was motivated and, and, and felt that they had the power within themselves to make change, then I think that's where the real change happens. It's really, really interesting. My personal story is yeah. one of feeling very similar to yours and feeling that power stripped away because it, because of discrimination. And so, and then coming through that with a great deal of support to be able to use my personal journey to be able to give a voice to others. But so yeah. I just want to say one thing about yeah. that as well. As I recognise as well that I'm young. I haven't experienced everything yet. Um, you know, just recently I've gone through some really challenging things and I'm trying to make sense of it myself. So I guess in, in the subliminal kind of lines there as well is, is that I'm also thinking where maybe I might get it wrong, but I'm also open to learning and I think everyone needs to be a bit more forgiving. Yeah, forgiveness really important. Um, you know, seeing Jason nod his head there, forgiveness important when when we do get it wrong because we all get it. Wrong. I know I get it wrong all the time. I've, I've I've developed a very strong muscle around saying sorry. Do, do we know why sorry still seems to be the hardest word? We're not playing Elton John. <laughs> uh, I was tempted. Why is sorry still the hardest word, Jason? Um, that, that, again, it's, it's a pretty good, it's, it's a really good question, but I think, um, it's a pride, isn't it? Maybe it's about ego. Um, so, you know, you don't, it's, it, it can be hard to admit that you're wrong. Um, but you know, what Hamza said is absolutely right. Um, you know, I, that, that, that's where I think it comes from, you know, the pride and the ego. And I think a lot of architects, um, uh, have, um, a certain um, amount of ego and, and that's something maybe we, it's, it's a different topic for debate um yeah that can be why also, i don't know what paul also, paul thinks but sorry also but also just not knowing the reasons right jason 
Like mm, fundamentally, yeah, yeah. we can be so quick to react that we don't actually get to the bottom of why you should apologize or what there is to actually apologize for. So I think you're right, but I think also it's just people don't know the, the reasons as well. It's a really interesting point that, you know, Pragya was making yesterday uh, when talking about um, unconscious bias, that, um, you know, even if you come from an underrepresented group, uh, that you are, can still be, because of your socialisation, because of the inferential messages that you've grown up with, because of all the impacts and, and, and things that you, you were shortcutting, you know, go back to that Timothy Wilson, you are, uh, you, your brain is processing 11 million bits of information at any given time. Time, you have the conscious capacity to process 40. And so at any given moment, you have 10,999,960 bits of information. Your brain is shortcutting all the time. And that's the root of bias. And we're not even aware of this. Um, there was a horizon a couple of years ago, a couple, a, a two part horizon about how we make decisions. Uh, it's based on Daniel Kahneman's um, thinking fast and slow. And uh, the, some of the ways our brain process that you just wouldn't even you don't believe that you don't have the conscious capacity to, to to process and to to be aware of these things and yet we still behave it's who we think we are is that consciousness uh, that's behind us and so being able to recognize that and stop the only way that you can manage is by stopping and thinking and really doing that deep dive and being open to it Absolutely. I mean, you know, Jason, you're nodding away there again. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, again, I, I keep taking it back to to Clubhouse because it is where you can have them conversations. But I, I just feel that it's very hard with, you know, using text language on, on the example like Twitter or Instagram. <clears throat> you know, it, it really isn't a debate. It, it, it looks like it's a bait, but it really isn't. And that's why I think if you can get people in a room, everyone can hear what everyone's talking about. You can have them discussions. Um, and and I've, I've held some quite controversial, you know, debates. And there's been some arguments where um, I've had to almost break up these, these, these arguments and get people to, you know, even mute people to, 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 so the other person could speak and then unmute the other person. You know, so, and that's that's why I'm really interested in you know what what we're discussing today because I'm learning as well. Well, certainly, Paul. I mean that that sense of um, being able to have the conversation to open yeah. it up. You know, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think you know, I think going back to the sort of social media side of things, I think um, I mean I've learned a lot through there really because I, I use LinkedIn and Twitter, and I tend I tend to use Twitter for fairly lightweight stuff. And LinkedIn for sort of more business business stuff and you know I've had a few fallouts over the years on Twitter and I've learned my lesson from that well you know mainly with councillors and stuff like planning committee members and and in the end it is that thing about saying sorry I just sort of a couple of times I've ended up saying look this is just getting silly let's go meet up and have a cup of coffee and we'll just sort this out because it, it can it's it can as you say it's not a conversation uh, you know as Jason said it's a kind of, it tends to be a sort of can turn into an attack and then you just have to kind of think no it's gone too far um i can apologize on twitter but it's easier just to go and see the person and just say like sorry that was just we just got a bit carried away there <laughs> 
And so, so at this point, I like to talk about um, that Moravian principle of communication, which is 55% of communication is body language, 38% is tone, and 7% is the message itself. And so something uh, something that's written on Twitter technology, you know, whether it's an email, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, that's just the 7%. That's just the message. Picking up the phone, you get the, you get that extra 38%. You get the tone with which it's it's intended. But there's nothing better than actually seeing and, and in these covid times it's been more difficult at least we've had some video calls but being able to sit down face to face and have yeah. some face to face conversations uh, i think that's such a crucial point as well and i think because we're come, some of us are coming from the social media background um it's not just that but it's also the short form communication you're limited to whatever like 30 40 words on twitter you know what level of deep insight and conversation can you bring with twitter you can't um you know same with uh, instagram is everything's visual you're going to really judge things on visual things you, you know this is why again you need conversation you need long form conversation um so yeah definitely you know people need to be wary that when they're on social media when they're on these communication platforms it's not the best place to have debates not the best place to have meaningful engagement so certainly no, I mean, sorry go ahead no, I mean, link, I think LinkedIn's even worse because, I mean, LinkedIn is just a big love fest. You know, really. Someone posts a project and you sometimes look at it and think, oh, that's awful. But you have, everyone writes, oh, well done, that's brilliant. I, mean, I once last year criticised somebody's plan, they got planning consent, I criticised some of their plan layouts because they were just terrible. <laughs> like a new opening right onto the dining table and it was sort of, and I said, oh, well done, you know, you could have improved, the plans could be improved a bit. And I got so much abuse from people, not from the developer, but well, other people saying, what, you can't do that, you can't criticise people's plans. And I thought, you can't even have a debate about it. Is that why I love LinkedIn so much? Because I get so much love on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love it. Who knew Paul would be a LinkedIn troll? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I think certainly that point about having the, the the way to sort of overcome getting it wrong may well be just that sense of stop, sit down, examine and have that longer conversation, Hamza. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I think I, so I had a discussion recently with Charlie Edmonds from uh, the Future Architects Front so the latest episode of my podcast uh, episode 16 i believe and we talked about these things in depth and you know we mentioned this idea of you know if you're going to be on social media it's go everything's going to be surface level so if all the information you're getting about your politics about your knowledge to do with culture is all on social media it's bound to be it's bound to be limited so i think a side point I would make to this is if people really are interested, they need to seek platforms where they can get a longer and a more, you know, meaningful discussion on these things, um, like a podcast, maybe called Two Worlds Design. Oh, I sorry, don't, I had to plug. Yeah, I'm of sorry. Course you could. <laughs> Brilliant. Look, uh, thank you so much. We've been talking CQ Drive, getting it wrong with Hamza Sheikh, Jason Boyle and Paul Zara. We're broadcasting live from the bookshop at 66 Portland Place. The police weren't coming to get Hamza, I promise. <laughs> You're listening to Reba Radio, real inclusive, brilliant action. For more on how we're doing equity, diversity and inclusion, and if you'd like to join the Reba, head over to architecture.com.